0: Hi and welcome to the On Islanders Podcast, part of the On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host Gil Martin, I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So good to be with you here, and I hope everybody is enjoying this third and final day of the Memorial Day weekend. No, we aren't quite back to normal yet. Hockey's still not yet there, but we're getting closer, and lots of good news to discuss on today's podcast. We'll also take our first trip back in the time machine And look at 1980 and how that year was for the New York Islanders as they celebrated Sunday, yesterday, the 40th anniversary of that first Stanley Cup win. And we'll have our Islander of the day, including a look back at one of the games that was important to that Islander. So lots to talk about. Don't forget today's episode of Locked on Islanders is is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order. Don't forget, if you want to contact the show, send us an email. The address is LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. If you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to read your name on the air when we talk about your question, your comment, or a topic that's on your mind if you have a particular year, for example, that you'd like us to cover in the Time Machine this week, uh, please feel free to let us know. Also, you can follow the show on Twitter and contact us on Twitter, the uh, Twitter handle, at Locked on Isles, And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter, at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. And we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news and happenings. So, lots of good news. Over this holiday weekend, and I, for one, am very pleased by it. Uh, first of all, uh, let's start with the arena news, and that is that the construction of the Islanders' new home near Belmont Park is set to resume, according to Nassau County Executive Laura Curran. Work at the site was halted late in March when the coronavirus pandemic hit, and Governor Cuomo uh, put a temporary ban on non-essential projects throughout the state. The arena is scheduled to open at the beginning of the 2021-2022 season, and hopefully it is still going to be able to be completed in time for that to take place. So, Islander fans getting some good news on that front that construction of their new home is going to resume very shortly. Meanwhile, in even better news for the short term, Governor Cuomo of New York announcing that sports teams can resume opening training camps uh, as of yesterday. So It means that the Islanders do have the go-ahead to use their facilities and hold informal workouts and what have you. Cuomo's quote, I believe that sports can come back without having people in the stadium, without having people in the arena do it. Work out the economics if you can. We want you up and running. We want people to be able to watch sports while still staying home. It gives people something to do. It's a return to normalcy, so we're working and encouraging all New York-based sports teams to start their training camps as soon as possible, and we'll work with them to make sure that can happen. So, the Islanders will therefore have the go-ahead to begin informal workouts, and then hopefully over a short period of time, more formal workouts. Remember uh, the NHL said they would not allow all teams to reopen their facilities until you know all of the teams that need to and right now it looks increasingly like 24 teams would be able to do it simultaneously this is a big hurdle that certainly it won't affect the Buffalo Sabres they're not going to be part of the uh 24 team continuation of the season but for the Islanders and the team that plays at Madison Square Garden, this would certainly be a big step forward, and getting the green light is good news for the Islanders and and for Islander fans who are longing to see the beginning of hockey. We are finally starting to see some concrete steps that show what's going to happen. Meanwhile, the debate continues about the resumption of play, what it's going to look like, how it's going to go. Uh, Again, the Stanley Cup playoffs, usually a best of seven affair, but that opening round, that play-in round, is only scheduled to be Five games, best of five, and then we're not really sure what the final decision is going to be with regard to the length of series after that opening series. So, right now, we're looking at a 24 team resumption, a round robin tournament between the top four teams in each conference, and those four teams will, you know, that may affect seeding a little bit, but those four teams will have a bye. And then the bracketed best of five series between teams five through 12 in each conference and the winners going on to face other teams. Again, under this format, the Islanders would face the Florida Panthers in the opening round of the playoffs, a rematch of the 2016 uh, playoff series that the Islanders won. And uh, we will talk more about that in the future as things get closer and closer to fruition. But right now, the good news for all Islander fans out there is that we are looking at a return to training, a resumption of the building of the arena near Belmont Park, and we are looking at more concrete steps toward you know, figuring out the exact format for the resumption of play in the National Hockey League, and that resumption of play includes the New York Islanders. And if you want to make sure that you can resume play, reach for a built Bar. It's the best-tasting protein bar, and unlike other protein bars, you know, it has good texture, and it tastes like a candy bar. No more grittiness, no more difficulty in chewing, and you'll be Feeling like you're cheating on your diet when you're really helping yourself out. They have 16 amazing flavors, 8 that have nuts, 8 that are nut-free. All of them covered in 100% chocolate. Bilt Bar is great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a different treat. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Look at the mint brownie flavor. 15 grams of protein, only 110 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Right now, we have a special offer for Locked On Islanders listeners. Just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's promo code On for $10 off at All Alright, this is the time of the show when we usually do this date in Islanders history, but guess what? We have reached May 25th, and the Islanders never have played a game this late into May during their history, dating all the way back to 1972. So from now until the resumption of play, we're going to look at an Islander whose birthday it is today and look back at a big game in their career. Now, the only Islander whose birthday is today is former defenseman Brad Turner. Turner played his college hockey at the University of Michigan, and the Winnipeg-Manitoba native made his Islanders debut during the 1991-92 season, playing three games for the Islanders, and he was a plus-one In those three games, Turner, by the way, uh, now an actor and a stuntman, among other things, and uh, he only played three games with the Islanders, but we're going to look back at his Islanders debut January 4th, 1992 at the Nassau Coliseum Islanders and the Quebec Nordique, the goaltenders in this game, Ron Tugnut getting the start for Quebec, Steve Weeks in goal for the Islanders. Islanders get on the board first, Ray Ferraro, his 20th of the season from Derek King and David Volek, and that was the score after the first period, one to nothing in favor of the Islanders. In the second period, no scoring until late in the period when Mark Fortier of Quebec was called for boarding at 14:13, and Derek King cashed in his 24th of the year. Tom Curvers and Jeff Finley with the helpers at 15:48, and the Islanders led two to nothing. Then, with Dennis Vasky in the penalty box for tripping, the Islanders get a shorthanded goal. Dave McIlwain, his seventh from Bill Berg at 19:47, and after two periods, the Islanders led three to nothing and look anytime you get that goal in the last minute of a period or of a game, it really does change the momentum in the third period. the Islanders jumped out to a four nothing lead. Graham Townsend, his first goal of the season, Ray Ferraro and Jeff Finley with the assists at 132 and it's four nothing Islanders. Quebec finally gets on the board midway through the period with a shorthanded goal. Matt Sundin is 12th from Joe Sackick at 8-11, and it's 4-1, and then Jamie Baker scores for the Nordiques at eleven fifty six with Stefan Morin and Craig Wallinen getting the assists, and the Islanders' lead is now down to 4-2, but late in the game, the Islanders catch a break, and essentially Owen Nolan of Quebec called for checking from behind, that's a five-minute major and a game misconduct, and the Islanders get on the power play, UB McDonough, his first goal of the game, of the season, rather, from David Volok and Dave McIlwain at 1846. so in Brad Turner, whose birthday is today, in his NHL debut, the Islanders skate away with a 5-2 win, over the Quebec Nordiques, Dave McIlwain with a goal and an assist, Ray Ferraro with a goal and an assist, and then other multiple-point Islanders, Jeff Finley with two helpers, Dave, uh, and David Volok with two helpers to pace the New York Islanders' attack. As far as shots on goal are concerned, couple of Islanders leading the way with four, Ray Ferraro, And Derek King, Steve Weeks with 35 saves to earn the victory. And Jacques Cloutier came in and replaced Ron Tugnut after Tugnut gave up three goals on just 17 shots. For the Islanders, a 5-2 home win on the NHL debut of today's Islander of the Day birthday boy Brad Turner on January 4th, 1992. Alright, now it's time for the Time Machine sequence. And today we're looking back at the spring of nineteen eighty, as the Islanders uh celebrated yesterday, their fortieth anniversary of their first Stanley Cup. And if you watched uh NHL Network and MSG Plus, you got to see a lot of great Islanders content. As far as including, of course, the Stanley Cup clinching game uh, against the Flyers at the Coliseum back in 1980, and we've talked on this show several times, and you can go back in the archives and check it out about the importance of the Butch Goring trade, which really is the ultimate, you know, trade deadline deal that every general manager is trying to match when they. make a deal at the deadline, the final piece of the puzzle, the guy that takes a good team or a very good team and takes him to that next level. But, you know, the Islanders really had two important additions in 1980, late in the season. One was Butch Goring, and we've mentioned Butch, uh, you know, before, but the other was Ken Morrow, the big, rangy, defensive defenseman who, at 6'4", 210 pounds, added an extremely good, uh, solid, physical presence on defense. And how good was Ken Morrow? Well, Ken Morrow was so good that Al Arbor was willing to waive his no-beard policy uh, for Morrow to continue to play for the Islanders. And 1980 for Ken Morrow was truly, beyond the shadow of a doubt, uh, a magic year, because in February of 1980, Mauro is a member of the Miracle on Ice U.S. Olympic team that ends up beating the Soviet Union and then beating Finland and winning the gold medal against all odds. That has been described as the greatest moment in sports history of the twentieth century in the United States by Sports Illustrated, so you know an unbelievable moment, and he Morrow was a part of that along with Jim Craig and Mike Ruzioni and Mark Pavlich and Dave Silk and Rob McClanahan and and so many great hockey players who went on some of them went on to some very long and prosperous. NHL careers, some did not, but that magic moment was forever etched in the memories, not only of hockey fans in this country, but anyone who remembers those 1980 Winter Olympic Games. Then, he joins the Islanders, making his NHL debut on March 1st, 1980, in a game against the Red Wings. He then, in his fourth game, gets his first two points uh, in a win over the Flyers at the Spectrum. He had two assists in that game on March the 6th. Morrow did not manage to score a goal during the regular season, ended up with no goals and three assists. But just like Morrow tended to do, he got his first goal in the playoffs, came in Game 3, of the Islanders opening round series uh, with the LA Kings, uh, a a game which the Islanders won. They lost game two and won the best of five series in four games. And for Morrow, that first goal certainly making an impact. But Kenny Morrow made a big difference for the Islanders back in 1980. Uh, Again, not a big offensive guy, one goal, two assists in 20 playoff games, but certainly a a guy who was a huge part of the Islanders' success. Because if you look at the roster of those 1979-80 New York Islanders, certainly having a guy like Ken Morrow on that team made a big, big difference. And it, it, it certainly helped the Islanders again go from an elite team that could not win the big one to a team that really did win the big one. And look at the the way that Morrow helps. You had Dennis Potvan and Stefan Pearson, two defensemen who really could uh, you know, move the puck very well and and, and get things done that way, and then you had Dave Longevin uh, and Kenny Morrow as more big, physical kind of defensemen, you add Gordy Lane for depth, and you had five really solid defensemen on that team, and then Bob Lorimer, of course, as well, so it really did make a difference for the Islanders to have those players there and ready. And look, let's face it, defense wins championships. Offense gets you headlines. But adding a a rugged, tough defenseman like Kenny Morrow made a big difference for the Islanders in the 1979-1980 postseason. We take you back to that time. And the day the Islanders won the Stanley Cup, these were the top five songs on the Billboard charts. Uh, Number five, Sexy Eyes by Dr. Hook. Number four, Don't Fall in Love with a Dreamer, Kenny Rogers, just passed away a few months ago, and Kim Carnes. Number three, Lost in Love by Air Supply. At number two, Funky Town by Lips Inc., the great disco hit, and... The number one song when the Islanders won their first Stanley Cup, Call Me by Blondie, uh, which had six weeks at number one. So just a little trip back in the time machine. For the Islanders, a magic moment. It was really when all the promise that the team had shown in the previous five years since they went on that long Stanley Cup run came to fruition, And no longer were the Islanders this young and -and up-and-coming team. They were now a team that showed that they knew how to win and they could get the job done. So, a big difference maker for the Islanders. A turning point in the way that they were looked at by the rest of the league and certainly the way they looked at themselves. And, you know, the 1980 New York Islanders, Brian Trottier by far their leading point getter in the playoffs. 12 goals, 17 assists, that's 29 points in 21 games. Mike Bossy missed five playoff games, still had 23 points, including uh, 10 goals. The other player with 10 goals in the playoffs that year, Bob Bourne. 10 goals, 20 points, and he was uh, third on the team in scoring. Bob Nystrom with nine goals was next on the list as far as goals scored. And among defensemen, it was Dennis Potvin, who had six goals and 19 points and was a plus 10, which was good for second on the Islanders. Who led the Islanders in plus minus in the 1979-80 playoffs? Bob Lorimer, who was a plus 10. Twelve. So you know, sometimes those unsung guys uh, are the ones who quietly do things that fans may or may not be so aware of. So, nineteen eighty, the New York Islanders, their first Stanley Cup. That is our first look back at the time machine. And for the rest of this week, we're gonna pick years and moments and highlight players that really made a big impact. On Islanders history. Again, feel free to email us, lockedonislanders at gmail.com if you have a year that you and an angle that you would like us to look at in the time machine later this week. Also, if you're enjoying the show, please feel free, to leave us a five-star rating on your podcatcher of choice and a review. That does help other Islander fans find the podcast if they're doing a search. You could also, of course, tell your friends and fellow Islander fans directly all about the Locked on Islanders podcast. It helps us grow our audience. That wraps up this edition of Locked on Islanders. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on NHL. Have a great Memorial Day, everybody. Stay safe. Enjoy the rest of the holiday weekend. And of course, let's go Islanders.